You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I am your host, Doug Thorpe, and today we're going to take another journey into the realm of marketing, but not just the basic traditional idea that you've heard before. My guest is a specialist in this space. She's got a really neat idea about the full spectrum, or maybe you want to call it full stack, that uh, you as a business owner need to be thinking about. Her name is Sarah Nay. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I am excited to be here. So I always like to ask my guests before we get too much into the weeds on, on things, give us a little bit of your background and your journey to get to where you are in this uh, wonderful idea that you're working with. Of course. So I have been in the small business space for about 12 years now, coming up in this December um, with duct tape marketing. Before that, I was with an email marketing company out of Denver. Um, but most of my career has been through duct tape marketing. And I started, honestly, as an intern back in December 2010, um, under trying to figure out if this is even something I really wanted to do. And over the last 12 years, I've grown and worked in pretty much every division of our company from community manager in the beginning to sales to consulting with our small business clients to now leading our operations. So today I'm our, our COO ultimately um, and have you know worked in all of those roles with our small business clients and other marketing consultants and agencies to basically understand the importance of a marketing strategy so we can be more effective in our implementation from there. Well, good. Congratulations yeah. on that journey. It sounds exciting. Yeah, it's been great learning all the different areas. And just give us a sense, what's the size of duct tape marketing now? How how big is your footprint? So we've been in business for about 30 years now. Like I said, I've been with the team for 12 and our founder is actually my father. So I've been around um, the business my whole entire life. And so we have about, you know, 10 team members that I would consider our, our core team right now. And then uh, we have a lot of partners and relationships that we work closely with as well. But yeah. That's and is there a, 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 a classic or ideal profile of a business that you work with or what's the range? It's a range. Um, I know people say niche. <laughs> We've niched in some levels, um, but we have two sides of our business. And so we're your typical strategic marketing agency where we work one-on-one -on -one with small businesses. We start with strategy and then we implement basically all of their marketing. We become their marketing team in a way, their outsourced team. And so for those businesses, we work with a range, but you know, our top two groups, I would say are home services or professional services. Um, on the other side of our business, we've developed a systematic approach to marketing and put a lot of practice and research and experience into how we've developed how we do strategy for clients. And so we actually license other marketing consultants and agencies to be able to use our approach with the businesses that they work with. And so we have a whole network of consultants and agencies that are essentially certified in duct tape marketing. And so that's another kind of target audience for us is, is other agencies and, and marketing consultants looking to, to grow and scale and lean in on strategy as one of their core offerings. Yeah. Well, right before we got on air, Sarah and I were talking and 
Sarah, you described a, as I recall it, kind of a six-part mantra, I guess, you guys Mm -hmm. live by and how you try to lead uh, clients through the engagement. Uh, Tell us a little more about that, the know, like, and trust, et cetera. Of course. So when we're thinking marketing strategy, it starts with a couple pieces even before that. It's who's your target market? Like you got to understand them and not just like from a demographic standpoint, but you know, an emotional standpoint as well. Like, why do they choose you? Like what are delays in their purchases, like decisions, like all that good stuff. And then from there you understand like what messages speak to that target market specifically. Like to us, those are like the first two pieces of strategy. It's the research. And then from there, the next piece that that you were referring to that we map out for clients is something called, we call the marketing hourglass. And so that's essentially looking at all the ways that your prospects and clients can get to know, like, trust, try, buy, repeat, and refer you. And so when we're thinking about marketing, you know, we're really talking about, in our eyes, we're talking about marketing, which is a lot of like the front portion. But then we get into sales, which is when people are trying and buying. And then we're really getting into service when people are, you know, hopefully becoming repeat and refer clients, essentially. And so we're looking at the full customer journey in our eyes, uh, where, you know, I think one of the challenges a lot of small businesses and other agencies struggle with is they just worry about like that initial no phase. Like we need to get in front of more and more and more and more and more people. And I don't think that's always the best route. It's, you know, you want to get in front of the right people and then take care of them and nurture them along the way. So they refer more people to you and they stay along for a long time. So you have retention revenue as well. So it's a pretty comprehensive look at marketing, I think, but it's, you know, to us, it's really important to think that way in order to then after that, be able to say, okay, this is the content we should be producing on these channels, uh, on this cadence, but you can't get to that piece until you do all the the work on the front end to map it out, essentially. I think that's important to understand. And I would agree with you. I think a lot of traditional marketing agencies that try to serve small business are really amped up on that top of the funnel kind of exercise how do we cast a bigger net? How do we get more uh, inquiries, more conversions on our website, more clicks, those kinds of things. And in parallel with that, I, I think why a lot of business owners jump on that is because the business owner themselves is thinking, I've got a good solution. If I just get more leads, I'll be fine. Yeah. And they haven't thought the marketing all the way through. It's like, I always sometimes ask clients, be careful what you ask for. You know, are you really ready for a 2X or 3X in the number of leads you're coming in? Do you have a process to truly engage those, even if they're in the the try phase of, of their journey? So um, I think that's great to have a comprehensive. Yeah. And I run into that, you know, all the time as well. Like a couple of examples. Recently, I was talking to a prospect and they're a remodeling company. And they're like, we're working with this marketing agency and they're getting us more leads, but they're not qualified. They're not the right leads. Now all of a sudden my salespeople are like really busy talking to all these people 
that are leads, but they're not even like within the neighborhoods or price points that, you know, we should be speaking to. And so it's, it's not about more leads. It's about the right leads. Another company that we actually work with, uh, we revved up their marketing quite a bit and they like they were having all these form submissions on their website now because that was one of the things we were working towards is you know for someone to fill out a form to request a consultation and they were taking like two weeks to get back to these people filling out the forms and it's like again another scenario we're getting you the volume but you have to have the operations and system and people in place to handle that volume or you're just creating a new problem for the business so again it's it's not more leads, it's the right leads, but then also having the team or operations or systems in place to Process, support yeah. those leads as they come in, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. It, I may be jumping too far ahead, but what do you think is the biggest hurdle when a business owner approaches you for the first time, I'm first time for them, trying to explore the idea of expanding out, you know, maybe up to that point, they've always done it themselves. They've maybe they've hired their son or daughter to do their marketing, you know, as yeah. a part-time job. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Which I guess my father hired me. So that worked out. Okay. <laughs> well, it is. It, and it, there's nothing. It's it, it, good point. Good. Thank you for calling me out on that. There's, it's not necessarily wrong. I'm just saying yeah. that, if you're if you're not already in the marketing business, uh, that may not be the perfect solution. So, so what are typically the orig- uh, early concerns that business owners talk to you about? Yeah, so you know, in a couple of those examples you share because I've done our sales for the last several years as well. It's a lot of times people have grown to a certain point on some tactics. So the most common one I hear is like all of our leads are from referrals or word of mouth. Um, but we know we can't sustain that forever. And we've kind of, you know, grown very steadily. We want to ramp up our marketing efforts at this point. And so, you know, to me, when I think about marketing, I think about it in like three different buckets after you get beyond strategy. It's you know, word of mouth and referrals. Like that's a great piece. Like most businesses should be focusing on that bucket. Um, but, you know, that one can only lead to growth so long. Uh, we also try to emphasize like organic marketing as well. So, you know, social online presence, SEO, all that good stuff. And then the other bucket I think of marketing is like paid advertising. And so, you know, I think of most businesses should at least have their hands in like two of those buckets, if not all three, depending on what their industry is and focus and growth goal is. And so, you know, in terms of like concerns, you know, if people have been growing, okay, you know, it's an investment, it's an expansion, it's a commitment, you know, it's, all of those things are is what causes hesitation. But uh, I think it's if growth is important to the company and they're looking at scaling up in a smart way, like you need to focus on just a couple different areas of marketing, at least in order to lead to that growth. How do you help a client measure success for the effort in, in the investment they're going to make in engaging you guys? Yeah. I'm glad you asked because that's, we actually have a marketing assessment um, that hundreds of people have taken at this point. And the number one pain point that people fill out on that or uncover on that is they don't understand metrics enough. And so I think that is a very common challenge in the small business space. Uh, for us, when we're doing strategy, 
like the end result is you should be doing like these things on these channels. Like that's the final piece deliverable of our strategy. And then we say, okay, and you should be paying attention to these metrics specifically, because it's not like you need to pay attention to all of the metrics out there that are available. Cause it is really overwhelming. It's what are your funnels look like? What do your customer journeys look like? And then identifying metrics along the way. And so, for example, if you send a direct mail piece out, um, you want to have a call tracking number on there and maybe a QR code that you're tracking both of those pieces. And so you're, you're paying attention to how many you send, also how many people contact you from it. And then from there, you're paying attention to how many people of those that contacted you converted into actual clients. And so if you think about it, like that's just one example, you can do the same thing for like SEO or paid advertising or whatever your initial awareness is. It's like, okay, then then what are they gonna do? What metric is assigned to that? Then what's next? What metric is assigned to that? Um, and then paying attention to them on a weekly, if not, monthly basis um, moving forward. There's a lot of great tools out there. So we build, you know, dashboards out for our clients. And uh, so when we're working with clients, we give them access to the dashboards. Most small business owners don't look at the dashboards because it's overwhelming. But then on a monthly basis, we talk them through like, this is what this means. This is why this, this is important. This is why we're paying attention to this. And so again, just to summarize, like, don't pay attention to every single metric you can be paying attention to the metrics that are most important to your growth and what you're focusing on from a marketing perspective in that moment of time. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I, I hear this a lot with my business clients. When you really sit down and you ask them to focus and you ask the question, define yourself, what is your company about? What are you delivering? Or, yeah define your ideal client that some people use the word avatar, you know, for who you're targeting. A lot of times business owners struggle with that. They've either yeah. never articulated, they, they had a great idea or a motivation that made them open the doors to the business, but they've never really done that heavy lifting of zeroing in on that message. So what do you do to help them? Yeah. So if they're an existing business that have clients, um, typically, because we run into that all the time as part of our initial strategic work, like I said, we we map out personas or avatars or whatever you want to call it from the beginning. And so, you know, we start the whole process by asking the business that we're working with, like, who who are your personas? Can you tell me about the demographics? Can you tell me more about them, all that? Um, and so we try to get as much information from them as we can. But oftentimes you said they, they haven't really sat down and thought about it. And so what we do next is we actually get a list of their top 10 clients and then we conduct client interviews to speak to their clients directly and to learn about them. And so, you know, I, we encourage anyone to do that. If you haven't actually sat down and had conversations with some of your best clients in a, a little while, you know, make a list of questions that are persona type questions, uh, but also, you know, messaging type of questions as well. So you can work on your messaging as a business essentially. So those are, I mean, you can send a survey out, but, you know, we found that the actual client interviews are more impactful because on a survey, someone could say you provide good service. Obviously that's not something that like would differentiate the business, but in an actual interview setting, you can say something like, okay, tell me more. Like, what does good service mean to you? What did that experience feel like? Can you give me an example of a time our company gave good service to you? So the interviews are really a, a great way to dive a lot deeper than 
a survey. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, maybe survey to your full list, depending on your list, client list size, and then sitting down with 10 of your clients would be, you know, a really great way to get kind of a comprehensive answer to some of those questions. Um, as you said that, I'm thinking of a situation that I was part of a couple of years ago. I had a friend that owned a CPA practice. So, you know, public accountants, there's a pretty hard and harsh sometimes stereotype of who and what they are, right? Yeah. So um, my friend was wanting to expand his business, grow it. And we ended up, long story short, we 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 identified an agency to come in. They did that current client survey, the face-to-face yeah. interviewing. And what was interesting, the really overarching and, and very compelling finding that came out of that survey was that clients said, these guys bust the, the stereotype of CPA when we want to talk to them. They're normal people. They, they yeah. you know, they're easy to talk to. They're easy to work with. They, they break down complex things into simple to understand messages. Yeah. So um, the tagline we ended up in the project we came up with, and again, I stress this is a CPA tagline was good on paper, better in person. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's amazing. That's why, I mean, that's a great example of why those interviews are so powerful is like when you're in the business, when you're living in the business, it's hard to put the words in your clients' mouths essentially. And so actually sitting down and having conversations with the people that matter the most, like you, you're going to have a bit of a change. Like you probably, you maybe would have gotten there on your own without having those interviews, but I guarantee those helped in a huge way. Oh, they did. Yeah, uh, it was incredibly important to to be able to do that. What uh, you know, in the realm of everything going on in media right now, all of the different platforms and those that drive SEO algorithms are always changing. And how how do you help address that with clients who are a little bit savvy in that space, or at least have done a lot of reading? So they bring you the the concern that you know they're 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 not confident they're ever going to get that right. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the things that I think is really enjoyable about our my job is I'm learning. I learn something every single day, and so our clients, you know, I think they rely on us as as, as advisors and mentors and strategists, and not just doers. And so a lot of time in our client relationships, like we're the experts on things like SEO and content production and what channels you should be on and paid ads. And so they're leaning on us for the direction and insight versus being in a vendor. That's just kind of doing what, what they're saying. Um, and then also like if they have questions that pop up, like we saw this change on this thing, you know, we're here to review it with them, talk them through it, talk about what it means to them as well. Um, we definitely approach our engagements as we're trying to be as educational at, to our clients as possible. Um, so even when they leave us one day, they will be better set to work with the next marketing company or hire or agency or whatever the next stage of their life looks like. Um, so I guess, to your question, you know, we're here to help get in front of that stuff for them to then help them address their concerns if they do come up. Yeah. <clears throat> well, good. Well, Sarah, I'll tell you what, I think we're up on a moment here where we need to cut away and take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk maybe a little more about some examples and case studies that uh, might give you, the listeners, some ideas for your own company. So hang with us. We'll be right back. 
Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. Well, hello again, everyone. We're back. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm Doug Thorpe, and I'm visiting with Sarah Ney, and we are talking about a very comprehensive view of marketing, but I guess I'm going to use marketing with a capital M in this case because uh, there is a, a much broader and, and more comprehensive view that Sarah and her company share with business owners. But while we were on the break, Sarah and I were talking, and I think one very key important key and important uh, aspect, if you're a small business owner and you want to start thinking about hiring marketing assistance, there's one really important element, and that is nailing down your strategy. So, Sarah, you guys do a lot of work with clients to to really, and I would consider that heavy lifting of deciding what the strategy really needs to be. Because there's no doubt, if you're a business owner, you could pour a lot of money down the marketing hole. Yeah. And uh, as one CEO was famously quoted, half of my marketing budget is ineffective. I just don't know which half. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's a great, it's a great point. Um, I, I see, like I said, the last 12 years all the time small businesses just wasting money and being frustrated in marketing. And it's, it's hard to see, but it, it happens when people hear their competitors are doing paid ads or, you know, they get pitched by an SEO company and they hire them and they just start throwing money at SEO, but they have no idea like what the SEO company is doing. And so I think that's like the number one thing that I would say is almost wrong with the small business marketing industry today is people are just, selling tactics and then small businesses are buying tactics and then they have no idea how they're working. And so another example that I see all the time that relates to that when you don't have the strategy in place is people will pay for advertising, which Google ads, Facebook ads, all that stuff is great, but then they'll just send people to like their homepage <laughs> and then like maybe some people will convert. And then if they convert, they hopefully buy something. And again, that goes back to like the strategy. If you're gonna, if you're going to invest in the paid ads, you have to know who your target market is first of all. And then you also have to know what message resonates with them. So they'll actually click. <laughs> That's like the next piece. And then once they're on your website, you need to identify like these are your pain points. This is how we're uniquely set up to solve your pain points. Um, and this is why we serve people exactly like you, like on a landing page that's relevant to your ad in most cases. Um, you got to have a clear call to action. Maybe someone's not ready to buy at that point. Maybe they're ready to um, give their email so they can opt in for an email nurture series to get more value in education. So then you got to have those emails written out. So you're nurturing them. You're building that like and trust and credibility. And then you got to have a really great offer for, okay, here, let's do a free trial. Let's do a free consultation. You can have a, like whatever it is, but some sort of like try, and then they're ready to buy. And so again, like, don't 
just dive into, we need to be doing social media and SEO. And I hear TikTok's cool. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to explore those things, you have to understand the target market, the messaging and where you're guiding them in order to do well on those things. Or you are just going to keep throwing money as the example share, you just throw money at stuff and hopefully some of it works out, but you really don't know if it's working out if you don't have the metrics in place either. So like, I know the strategic piece, like it seems like a lot of work and it is a lot of work, um, but it's a really important work to set you up for long-term predictable growth ultimately. And so, you know, with the strategy all the time, like some of the pushback that I get over the years is like, we just want things fixed now. We want things working now. Like we, we can't be patient through 30 days of strategic work. And it's like, you're just going to keep wasting money, throwing it out there. Um, where if you invest in strategy, it will tell you exactly where and how to spend your marketing dollars moving forward. And then you will not be wasting money anymore, hopefully. And I would think the scope and and level of detail on all of those things you described would vary depending on the kind of business you have. And you mentioned home services. I would think that, and I don't want to lead the witness here, but I, I would think that the initial introduction of availability versus, you know, the conversion to actually send in an order or sign up is a little bit shorter in that than maybe say the professional services firms you deal with. Yep. Because when you think it's about accountants, wealth managers, attorneys, coaches, other things, the um, I think that the, the drip effort to get people's attention for those kind of services is much longer. Yep, that's a great point. And marketing definitely varies based on the industry you're in, what you're targeting, if you're local, if you're national, like all those things. And so if I'm working with an HVAC contractor, someone's room is cold, <laughs> they want to fix that problem. They want the fastest person that shows up in Google search that will respond to them. Like in a lot of cases, like it's not going to be this whole, like we're going to, and they have good reviews. Like those are kind of like the buckets we're checking. Um, where if you're a professional services, like an accountant, someone's going to trust you. There's a lot more nurturing. You need to show yourself as an authority. You need to have expert content. Um, so there is a lot more that goes into those types of industries, depending on, uh, again, what you're selling and what the solution is and where people are searching for you. Um, that also, you know, that's a big piece of it as well. Like all the time we hear, you know, we need to be doing this channel, this channel, this channel. It's like, are your clients there? Like, are your clients on Facebook? Are your clients on LinkedIn? Are your clients on Instagram? Are they, on, you know, so it's not just, we have to do every channel. It goes back to, again, the whole personas. Like where are people already finding information online, hanging out online, spending their time online? And then you need to get in front of them there versus being, you know, across every single thing. Um, because having like a couple of sporadic posts on like Facebook and Instagram and then like one YouTube video <laughs> isn't as impactful as going all in on a couple of core channels that your clients already are on. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of a story that I was told not long ago. I, I think I was actually dealing with a, a marketing person who was telling me the story she was introduced to a client. He was a um, water damage restoration agency or company. Yeah. And uh, I'm down in the Houston area. He's located in the Houston area. And the former marketer that he had, had positioned all his website and all his SEO and everything for like storm damage, you know, because, okay, 
2017, we had Hurricane Harvey. There was you know, five feet of water everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so that was top of mind for everybody. But but his company, their real bread and butter, because those storms only happen every five to 10 years, thankfully. Um, yeah. But his company was more about like when a pipe breaks or your water heater leaks, yeah. you've got water down the wall and you got that kind of water damage. That's his real specialty. And that's one of those, I need you right now. The pipe just broke, you know? Yeah. And so they totally revamped all the, the keywords and the focus areas and his phone started ringing off the wall, but you know, people that had that when they were looking, they saw him as a storm damage guy and they thought, Oh, okay. He's not going to fix my problems. I'm going to go on to the next guy. But yeah, now he's a, pipe break guy and he he did like a 5x growth in his business almost overnight which is that positioning of the message yeah that's a great example i love it yeah um do you have any other kind of war stories or case histories you could share to to help give other people ideas of the power of what it is you're doing yeah so I think, you know, again, it kind of depends on the industry you're in. Um, obviously, like, as we've talked about, like, there's ways you can, we haven't really talked about it too much, but there's ways you can like ramp up or ramp down strategy. And so depending on your market, again, like personas are always like really important, but maybe if you're a local service-based business, like understanding them, you know, high level is good enough and getting some message, you know, tweaked is good enough. And then really going in on all the channels that matter, where if you're, you know, more of a national brand, like nailing some of that stuff is more important. Um, but to talk about the home services, cause we were kind of leaning in there a bit, you know, there's certain channels that are just like proven that everyone should be on that are kind of foundational um, that we talk about. So we go through strategy, we do the work for all of our clients, but if you're a local business like Google business profile is almost as important as your website these days. Um, and so we push all of our clients to put a lot of emphasis on that. And on top of that, so it's not just like filling it out. It's like adding pictures consistently, adding posts consistently, um, getting reviews are huge on that as well. Um, also for like a local business, your website, your, your professionalism, your telling your story is all really important. That's kind of your hub. Maintaining at least a couple social channels are important. Um, and so even though we know like the strategy is really a key piece to kick things off, like there are certain things you should be just doing as foundational things in your industry. Um, and so I think that's a really important piece to keep on top of your head is if you don't have some of those basics built out, like helpful content, like a website that tells a story, like a couple social channels, at least, and reviews online and your Google business profile built out, like start there, if nothing else, and get really get those in a really solid place, because that is the foundation of your marketing. And then from there, once those are in a good place, then you can start doing things like paid advertising and direct mailers or, you know, whatever else it might make sense. But you have to have, you know, the house in order that you're directing people to before you think of all of the other pieces, um, because then you'll just waste money on all of the other pieces. And so really, if nothing else, if you're not going to do the strategy today, at least work on some of those foundational pieces. Um, and that will get you a huge step further than, than you might be today. Yeah. I've, um, uh, 
worked a lot with um, some people on that uh, Google business profile page and learning some things about that for my own business even and um, helping others that haven't looked at that. I mean, I mean, that's kind of table stakes nowadays. I think it's, it's pretty much mandatory if you're going to get any sort of recognition anywhere on the first page of Google when people are looking. Yeah. I have a, a actually a good friend of mine who I do her marketing for. She's a dentist in Lakewood, Colorado, and she's exceptional at what she does. Like she's extremely talented. She's great with patients. She's doing like innovative things in the space. So that helps when you're marketing someone like that (laughs) because she's great at what she does. Uh, But she purchased a a practice a couple of years ago and the website basically was like getting no traffic. The Google business profile, like had a couple of reviews on there, wasn't fully optimized. And so, you know, with dentists, they get a lot of people coming in their doors, obviously, because she was you know, took over a practice with existing patients. And so we went all in on like, let's ask for reviews on Google business profile right off the bat. She got up to like a hundred reviews fairly quickly and her business has exploded to the point where she grew out of this office within like six months, strictly because not strictly, she's great. She's talented. She has great relationships, all those things, but also we got the proof online as quickly as we can. And so while we were building some of the organic things for her website ranking, that takes like more time and you got to be more patient we went all in on the Google business profile and the reviews there. And honestly, like that's, I think that is the key that grew her to such great success so quickly is that social proof is the fact that she started showing up, you know, in the three pack for, for Google search with like reviews that blew away her competitors. She she has five-star reviews for all of them as well. So um, that's just an example of like, like some of the stuff like organic search, like that was important to her. Now she's ranking really well because we've been working with her for a couple of years, but like the Google business profile was like a quick win. So we could be patient with getting the organic stuff going or the traditional like SEO stuff going as well. Right. And I think a lot of business owners, especially those that are dealing with a consumer audience, probably are reluctant to ask for that review. And, and, you know, there's easy ways to, between QR codes and, and just URL links, it's easy to share that information with your customers and say, Hey, if you are happy, would you mind popping over and leaving us a review and yeah. uh, not, not be afraid to ask that. And uh, uh, it's, it's a huge piece. And I agree. A lot of people are hesitant to reach out at first, but it's such an important piece of the marketing puzzle because it helps you with, the awareness so people can find you, but it also helps with a lot of the credibility because you can say on your website how great you are, (laughs) but like, they don't want to just hear from you. They want to hear from other people talking about how great you are as well. And so like, if you're thinking about all the different marketing tactics, like generating reviews for any business pretty much is one of the most important tactics that we recommend people go all in on. Um, And there's ways you can automate it, you know, obviously in like a personal way. But for example, the dentist I was talking about, you know, we have email campaigns that we'll send out after patients come in. But where we've actually had a lot more success is text message campaigns as well. So a patient comes in, they leave the appointment. Within 48 hours, we send them a text message that just says like, thanks for coming in. Click here if you had it, you know, if you'd like to leave us a review and it links direct to the Google 
profile, um, which we found like the text message piece of it. Obviously, we're not like spamming a bunch of people all the time on text messages. But if you just send that quick text as a follow up to an appointment like that, the conversion rate is so much greater because think about how many emails you get every day that you just delete. I read every text message I get on my phone. Like even if I delete it, I still read it. You know, there's a lot of emails that I'm just like, delete, 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 delete. I can tell that's something I don't want to read. So the text message conversion, and it's also easy. Like people are tied to their phone. So they get the text messages, they click a link, they type in some words and they hit send. And so that's a couple of things with the reviews. It's like, make it as easy as possible on people to do it by clicking a couple of buttons. Um, But also, um, touch base with them at the right time and so you know like i said we we hit them you know at least for like within a 48 hour window is our goal to send that text message if we sent the text messages two months from now they'd be like who's dr liz like what (laughs) you know how was i don't even remember what to say about it so like when they left the office they're thrilled because she took such, such great care of them like that's when we send out that message well and the other side benefit of doing it that way when they do click that link uh, most every uh, app that there is, if you're on your phone, you can hit that dictate button. You're not even having to type it. You can just hit the microphone and speak your your review, and there it is, boom, ready to go. Exactly, so, exactly. Makes it incredibly easy to participate. But bigger picture, I agree with you. I think this this phenomenon of social proof is invading every aspect of our life. I mean, anything from, you know, buying products online, you you still click the reviews and go see what people have said about the thing. And, uh, but that it's very true for service providers as well. Yeah. I mean, I love to buy stuff on Amazon partially because it's so convenient, but also because I can read reviews about something where if I'm in a store, I'm like, is this good quality? I don't even know at this point. <laughs> so that's social proof for, for products. But as you said, services like our air conditioning unit went out when it was like 105 degrees here in Boise. And so I literally typed in like HVAC company near me. And the first one that came up with over a hundred five-star reviews that answered when I called them is who I went with. That, yep. that was the extent of my research. Yeah. <laughs> it was really hot. <laughs> it, it was really hot. hot. I needed someone to get out here as soon <laughs> as they could. They had good reviews. I didn't even look at their website, honestly. And they were here the next day and they were great. So that's just another example of like, especially if you're in an industry that's like, we need something now, we need quick, you know, the, the reviews go a long way. Well, and that touches back to something we talked about earlier is that idea the company needs to have a process. They, they need to have a prompt response when that phone call comes in. So, okay, they've got a, a link and a website. You can get their number, but when you call them, they better be answering that phone. And it, it can't be a leave us a message and we'll get back to you kind of a thing. Yeah. And- we started using a software for a lot of our clients that address that is if someone calls during business hours and the business isn't able to answer, it will send a text message right away to the person that called and just basically said like, you know, uh, we're on another line. We can say whatever you want, but we're on another line. We will give you a call right away. Is there something specifically we can help you with? That way, at least someone like knows that they're going to get a call back and they can text and some people prefer text these days versus voice. And so you could even start interacting with them via text. We also have those set up over the like non-business hours. So let's say someone calls at 7 p.m. at night, you're not open. 
you could send that text message. They know you're engaging with them. Um, the text message just says, we'll get back to you, you know, first thing tomorrow morning when we're back in the office. Um, and then they're more likely to be patient at that time because at least they're getting something back and not just a voicemail that like, hopefully maybe someone will call me back one day soon. Um, and so we've done a lot of, um, training recently on the whole like speed to lead, like the faster you can get back to a lead, the better the conversion rate will be, especially in a lot of like the home service industries that we're talking about. It's like, you got to get back to them as soon as possible. Um, and so we that's one of the first things we do with our clients when we start working with them. It's like, if they have a contact us form on their website and they don't have an automated email that goes out right when the contact form is submitted, like set that up right away. Um, because I know, again, from my experience, like if I fill out this form on someone's website and then I just get like a landing page that's like, thanks, <laughs> and like small text or something. I'm like, did they get it? Are they going to respond? And so we just write out like an automated email that goes out right away that's like, thank you so much for taking the time to fill this out. A member from our team will be, you know, we'll give you a call as soon as this is received, blah, blah, blah. So it's like at least a quick, okay, the company heard me. So they got it. Someone's going to be calling me soon. And so you're so much more or less likely to move on to filling out someone else's form, you know, next. And so it's like, how can you set some of these processes in place that you can use automations that will help get back to people as soon as possible until a real human can actually get back to them as well. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that with you talked about the automated email thing, do you have a go-to preference on email service providers? There's there's a ton of them out there now. There's a lot. Um, we love Active Campaign. Uh, we've been using it for years. We've used a lot of different. A lot of times, if our clients are already on one, we'll start you know using what they're already using. So we've learned a lot of different platforms over the years. I what I love about Active Campaign is it's affordable. It's not massively expensive. It gets more expensive as your lift size grows, but it's affordable to start at least. Um, and then it's also very easy and intuitive to use, but then it's also powerful. So I've worked with a lot of them where it's just like complicated. You're like, where do I go to lit? It's just like very straightforward, but it can do a lot. So it, it has like deal stages for your sales team. You can assign scores to people. So once they're on your list, you can see all the pages they went to and give them a score. So you don't know how serious they are. Um, you can do automations, you can send email campaigns. So there's just, it's a comprehensive program ultimately. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Sarah, I think we're about up on time for this episode. Uh, tell people how they can best get a hold of you if they're uh, interested in knowing more. Absolutely. So head over to our website, ducttavemarketing.com. We have a lot of great free content there. Um, or I'm on LinkedIn, very active on LinkedIn. And my name is just Sarah Nay. Last name is N-A-Y. Well, we will have all that information in the show notes. So if you're uh, tooling down the road and uh, listening to this on your audio stream, don't worry. We'll, we'll have a note for you with those links in it. And uh, one last time, Sarah, thanks so much for sharing with us. Thanks for having me on, Doug. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. And I do want to remind everybody, we have a video version of this over on YouTube, a channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, subscribe to the channel, uh, hit the bell, and you'll get notifications when we've got new episodes coming out. We are publishing three times a week, so there's a lot of content, a lot of good information coming at you. have got a 
ton of other great guests, just like Sarah has been today, and uh, really invite you to go over there and enjoy the the various topics we're hitting on. For now, we're going to sign out, say goodbye, and I hope to see you again real soon. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.